It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, May 27th. I'm Meredith Reddick with Raven News. After a process that spanned months, the Sitka Assembly set its final budget for next year. When the group met on Tuesday, it approved a general fund budget of just over $29 million for fiscal year 22. To say it was a challenging budget season would be an understatement. For months, it was unclear whether Sitka would see cruise ship traffic this summer. City staff projected the loss of a 2021 cruise season would leave the city short by just over $6 million in sales tax revenue, so staff budgeted conservatively. With recent announcements that cruise ships could return to Sitka as early as July, the picture might be a little brighter, but the budget remains unchanged. Member Kevin Mosher said he knew the budget wasn't perfect. Um, And I think it's my opinion that this is the best we can do. Um, Could we do better? Yes, of course. But I think that this is a good budget, which is an estimate, basically. Um, I, I think it's a pretty good document. It's not perfect, and we can make changes as necessary. The Assembly also approved the Enterprise Fund budgets on final reading. Those are electric, water, wastewater, solid waste, and harbors. Each Enterprise Fund budget includes rate increases. Electric rates will increase by 2.5%. Water and wastewater will see a 2% bump. Solid waste rates will increase by 4 And harbor rates and fees will see the steepest increase at 5%. Member Valerie Nelson, who voted against the budgets on first reading, said she would continue to vote no because she thought it would make Sitka less affordable, and she didn't support big wage increases for electric department staff. Um, And it's not going to be a solution for people that are struggling to keep their lights on. Administrator John Leach said he was sensitive to the rate increases and hoped that some recent efforts would help. Um, We've got a harbor uh, master plan study coming up. We want to make sure the harbor rates are where they need to be and applied correctly. Uh, We've got a rate study that we're going to undertake in the electric utility department. But I'd also like to point out, um, with the addition of a compliance officer, I found that we were bleeding revenues in a lot of places. The general and enterprise fund budgets both passed on 6-1 votes with member Nelson opposed. Now that the city's budget is finalized, the Assembly can begin considering what to do with two extra pots of cash. The first is a $1 million donation from Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. The company is donating $10 million to Alaska port communities affected by the pandemic with no strings attached. The city is also set to receive another wave of federal coronavirus relief funding from the American Rescue Plan Act, around $1.6 million. Unlike the cruise money, those funds come with stipulations and must be spent within the next couple of years. These two windfalls have generated a lot of public interest, and when the Assembly met on Tuesday, it heard suggestions on how to spend the funds. Ideas varied widely from pouring cruise money back into the permanent fund to spending it on equipment that monitors the air quality at the cruise ship dock. The Assembly didn't come to any decisions on the funding, and member Crystal Duncan said she was glad they were taking their time. I'm glad we're having these conversations and that we're not rushing to make a decision because I'm I'm learning about the needs of this city and and it's through suggestions that are coming from folks. So this is a pretty crucial conversation that we're having. 
Sitkins will get to weigh in again at the next regular assembly meeting on June 8. And City Administrator John Leach said residents could email him and the assembly with their ideas for how to spend the funds. The Sitka Ranger District hopes to have the Stargavin Artesian Well flowing freely again in the near future. If work to unclog the popular water source isn't successful, the district will consider sinking a new well. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. When it was first opened in 1993, the Artesian Well at the Stargavin Campground flowed at 60 gallons per minute. 60 gallons per minute. That was enough for an entrepreneur to deliver five-gallon carboys to local businesses and cafes for their water coolers. But that was 28 years ago, and you know, wells of a certain age begin to experience problems. So the idea, and I'm kind of ranging up some words here, I guess, is to basically roto-root down through there, clean off all the pipe. Perry Edwards is the Sitka District Ranger. And also have a, a giant shop vac to suck that stuff up out of there versus if you blow it down in there, you're just going to pull it right back into that because it's under pressure and it's going to do that. So the idea would be to suck all that stuff out of there and then see how that worked. The Artesian Well is a project of the U.S. Forest Service. There is no city involvement in the well at all. So rumors that the city is somehow behind the ever-decreasing amount of water coming from the well are untrue. The brief shutdown back in April allowed a contractor to come in with a specialized camera to examine the well's plumbing, like an endoscopy. Edwards says the reduced flow rate is just nature at work. And what we found was that there is just a lot of natural bacteria and inorganic matter was accumulating again on the inside of that. The well was last reamed out six years ago in 2015, and that boosted flow to around eight gallons per minute, but it's since tapered off to one-third of a gallon per minute. Like then, this latest endoscopy showed no damage to the functional part of the well, the casing, pipe, or screen. On the upside, contrary to yet another popular rumor, the artesian well has not run dry. Far from it, Stargavin is an enormous watershed with a complicated hydraulic structure that naturally pressurizes the well. No pumping is necessary. Like a familiar body part, the artesian well just needs an outlet. Because this is a bladder of water, at a high tide there's more pressure on that, so you actually get more flow going out of that at a high tide than you do at a low tide. Fortunately, the district has Great American Outdoors Act funding to start small and then go big if necessary. How big? Edwards says that if they can't get a satisfactory flow at this location, they'll move the wellhead. We need to drill another place and put new casing down and start all over again, maybe 50 feet away from that location and see if that helps it. Edwards says many people will welcome the return of the artesian well at higher volumes, himself included. The well supplies water to the entire Forest Service campground and to the campground host cabin. And while he can't disclose the cost of the well upgrade as it's currently out to bid, Edwards knows well users are paying a high price in personal time and patience at the current flow rate of one-third of a gallon per minute. Yes, that is a little bit of a frustration if you're out there with a five-gallon jug trying to fill it. Edwards expects the clean-out of the Stargavin Artesian Well to take place later this summer. Installing a new wellhead, if needed, would be a project for this fall or winter. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. And for disclosure, Sitka District Ranger Perry Edwards serves on the board of the Raven Radio Foundation. 
A bill that will protect the graves of Alaska Native people who were forced to live in an internment camp in Funter Bay passed in the Alaska legislature and is awaiting Governor Dunleavy's signature. KTOO's Lindsay Brolini reports on how the bill got passed and why protecting the graves at Funter Bay is so important. When the Japanese invaded the Aleutians during World War II, the U.S. government forced Unanakh people to live in internment camps in southeast Alaska. They had to stay in those camps for two years without being provided basic life necessities. About 10% of people died at the Funter Bay internment camp. Most of them were children or elders. House Bill 10 will protect the graves of the Unanakh people who died in Funter Bay. Representative Sarah Hannon from Juneau sponsored the bill. This this camp in particular, you know, it's just a compounding of errors of history. The Unanakh people interned at Funter Bay were one of the first Unanakh people to come into contact with the Russians. The Russians enslaved them, forced them to relocate to the Pribilof Islands, which were uninhabited at the time, and forced them to hunt seals for their fur. A couple hundred years later, the U.S. also forced Unanakh people in the Privilofs to hunt seals for the government. The men placed in internment in Funter Bay are still forced to return to the islands in the summer to seal for the government and told, if you don't do this, you'll ne- we'll never let you return home. Not a lot of people know about this history. This bill, in addition to protecting the graves of the Unanakh people who died in Funter Bay, raises awareness about the internment of Unanakh people in southeast Alaska. Hannon introduced a bill to protect the Funter Bay Cemetery to last year's legislature. She and her staff, along with Unanakh elders and the advocacy group Friends of Admiralty Island, worked hard to educate Alaska lawmakers about the Funter Bay internment camps and the lasting effects of the camp on the families. The bill was making headway in the legislature until the pandemic halted most bills, When the bill was reintroduced this year as House Bill 10, it went pretty smoothly. Most legislators already knew about the bill from last year and were supportive. Martin Stepton is an advocate for the bill and a member of the Friends of Admiralty Island. It went kind of unnaturally fast through the legislature this year, which is really great, you know. We are super proud of that. Stepton is Unanach, or Aleut, and Shingit, and his grandparents were interned at Funter Bay. To Stepton... The state recognizing the violent past of the land they own at Funter Bay is a crucial aspect of the bill. What happened to the Aleuts in 1942 by the federal government was a really bad thing. It was a really bad thing that we don't ever want to happen again. And the only way we can ever protect ourselves from things that happened to us, by us, is to remember it. That's why we have history class. That's why we have history. To Stepton and the Friends of Admiralty Island, the work has just started. There are other cemeteries in southeast Alaska that are not protected, such as the cemetery in Killisnoo on Admiralty Island. Stepton wants to seek protection of this cemetery next. In Juneau, I'm Lindsay Brolini. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News.